Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pastor Farrell Shepherd of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. And I'd like to welcome you to another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. This broadcast is for Friday, January 27th. And I'm glad you are tuned in and listening. And we're glad to be able to send out these messages over the Light and Truth radio network. We thank the Lord for His blessings, His goodness, His mercy that is bestowed upon us. Well, we're, here we are winding down the month of January. Can you believe it? Already one month almost gone in 2023. My goodness, where does the time go? I recognized this morning when I looked at the calendar, this coming Sunday, Lord's Day, is going to be the 29th. January 29th, 1989 is when I was voted in as pastor of the Vision Baptist Church in Millers Creek, North Carolina. So 34 years ago, this Sunday, I began pastoring. My, as I said, where has the time gone? I was 22 years old, and I just don't know where the time has gone. But it's been a, a blessing. It's been a, a good ride. Amen. As as they say, I thank God for his blessings. Not what I would have chosen for my life if I'd have been the one making the choices. But God is the leader. He's our Lord. And he has a right to guide us along the way. And he doesn't make a mistake. I appreciate his guidance and his leadership through our life. Amen. Well, I would like to invite you to come and be with us this Lord's Day for our services. We'll be making mention more of that here at the end of the program. But before we go to the message, and by the way, today we're finishing off the message that we began yesterday, just a two-day sermon. And before we do, I would like for you to pray with us and pray for us. And here's a good song by the Shepherd family that I trust will be a blessing. And this song is entitled, Who Rolled the Stone Away? And it is time to look into the scripture again. We're going to look at one verse for our message today, actually a two-day sermon from 1 Corinthians chapter number 7 and focusing on verse number 35. I'm preaching these two days on disallowing distractions. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 35, and I'm preaching on disallowing distractions. So I hope you'll stay tuned and enjoy the message as it was preached live from the pulpit of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. First Corinthians chapter number seven. I want to read one verse in First Corinthians chapter number seven and uh, just give you a thought tonight. I don't have a big long message, just a thought. In verse number 35, chapter number 7, 1 Corinthians 7. You know 1 Corinthians 7 is talking about marriage. He goes through a lot about marriage. I'm not going to preach on that, but you got to see it in there. He deals with marriage and how precious it is, how important it is, how careful we ought to be about it. On and on he talks about marriage, and he says you've not done wrong if you marry. But then he, it's almost as if he recommends that you don't. He said if you're not married, remain that way. And uh, if you are married, of course, remain that way. Amen. But he says you've not done wrong if you do marry. But here, there's a reason for that. Look at verse number 35, and he gives you, this is his reason for it all. All right? Verse number 35, And this I speak for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely, and that you may attend upon the Lord without distraction. Now I want to preach on that last phrase, that you may attend upon the Lord without 
distraction. Now, there's there's two Greek words used in this phrase. I'm, I'm going to look at it again there in verse 35, that latter phrase, that ye may attend upon the Lord without distraction. That phrase, that ye may attend upon, is one word. That ye may attend upon. It's Strong's number 2145. It's only found in your King James Bible one time. Right here is it. That you may attend upon. It means sitting well towards. That's actually what it defines, which, which means to be assiduous or diligent service. Amen. The idea of sitting well towards is it's like you're sitting on the edge of your seat. You're just ready to go. You're ready to do something for the glory of God. Amen. It actually means to be dedicated wholeheartedly. Amen. Then there's a second important word, that phrase, without distraction. Those two words are actually one Greek word as well. It's Strong's number 563. It means undistractedly or free from solicitude. The idea there, you're not letting something else get your attention. You're not letting something else buy for your attention or your emotions. Diligently avoiding those things that would distract us from serving our Lord. Well, here's the thing about serving the Lord. Every one of us, the day we got saved, more than likely, I don't think salvation is contingent upon us saying, Lord, I'll serve you all my life. But that was our intent when He saved us from hell. We said in our mind or in some way, we said, Lord, I'll serve you. I owe you my life. I owe you my soul. And I'll serve you with all my heart. But if we're not careful, we get sidetracked so easily. Our attention, Something gets our attention. Something distracts us. Amen. From, from what we're supposed to be doing. There's, I want to look at two things. I got two points tonight and a couple of points under these. I want to talk about the matter of serving the Lord. It talks about the matter right here in this verse. And I'm, I'm just going to, I've got other verses I'm applying, but this is my text. The matter of serving the Lord. He calls it attend upon the Lord. It speaks about religious duties. Amen. Amen. How do you serve the Lord? Well, preacher, I'm saved. I don't intend on serving the Lord. Well, you ought to. Amen. He's done so much for us. least we could do, serve Him a little bit. Amen. He's given you a gift. I know in the, in the Scripture, we talk about that. They, it's, the, the, some of the Scriptures call it a talent. And Brother Stephen's talking about it. Some people use that as talents like the way we do. But it's dealing with the... He's giving you a currency. He's giving you something to work with. And if you just hide it in the earth... He may get what He gave you to start with, but He's not going to be happy. What He wants is for that to be increased. He wants you to use it for the glory of God. Amen. That when God saved us, He wants us to do something for Him. Amen. So He wants us to serve Him. We ought to be ready to serve Him those religious duties. And so this matter of serving the Lord, I believe, indicates two needful things. Number one, we must be fit and ready to serve. If we're going to serve Him, this matter of serving the Lord. If we're going to serve Him, we need to be fit and ready to serve. Amen. That means having an attitude of service. Amen. I've been to restaurants that the waitress didn't have an attitude to serve. Amen. She had a job. She was getting paid. She wasn't fit and ready. I say, you, and I've said it here before, they put up these signs at these restaurants, now hiring smiling faces. I say, it's about time. They ought to hire some smiling faces. Amen. There ought to be an attitude, but I'm telling you, if, if you can, if you can serve for money with a smiling face, surely you can serve the Lord with a smiling face. Amen. Surely we ought to be able to serve the Lord Jesus with a smiling face because of what all He's done for us. And so I, I say it this way, we cannot angrily truly serve God. You can't serve God against your will. Amen. I have a few times I did what Dad told me to do and I did it angrily. 
Now, I wasn't stupid enough to let him know. Amen. I wouldn't be here telling the story if I, if I was stupid enough to let him know that I was angrily doing it. But seriously, sometimes you, you can serve your boss man angrily, but you can't serve God angrily. You're not really serving God if you're angry about it. Amen. you got to be fit and ready to serve. In other words, how do you serve him? You serve him with gladness. Amen. That's how you serve him. You can't serve him angrily. you got to serve him gladly. Amen. That's right. You can't serve Jesus begrudgingly. At least we shouldn't serve Him begrudgingly. We ought to sweetly serve Him. We ought to be glad to serve Him. We ought to voluntarily serve the Lord. Amen. By the way, I was blessed last Wednesday when we took all those volunteers to do this work out there. And I know we had several folks wasn't here, but we had a bunch of volunteers. I'm thankful for that. Amen. Amen. I've had others say we'll do things and, and, all, and I appreciate that. We ought to volunteer to serve God. I'm not just talking about around the church. I'm not about in our life. We ought to voluntarily serve the Lord. Amen. We ought to be fit and ready to serve. Now, here's what he says again, Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 21. Paul says this, if a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Amen. If a man purge himself from these, what's he talking about? Purge yourself from the world. Purge yourself from the sins and from the weights that do so easily beset us. Purge yourself from these. He'll be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use. It's a blessing that in that text, Paul is saying to Timothy, there's in a, in a great house, there's all kinds of vessels. There's vessels of earth and there's vessels of wood. There's vessels of stone. There's, there's precious vessels. And then there's vessels that are not so precious. And I, I, here's the thought that came to me some time ago, just reading on that. Paul said to Timothy, God will use a vessel that ain't made of pure gold. God will use a vessel that ain't the best looking vessel that has ever been. But he won't use a dirty vessel. Amen. Got to be a clean vessel. If it's a clean vessel... And it's available, he'll use it for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. So, um, this, this situation here about serving, and we've got to be fit and ready to serve. I wonder how many missed opportunities that we've passed or we've let slip by us because we wasn't fit and ready. Amen. Amen. I go back to that idea about the ball team. You gotta be in uniform, right? You gotta be suited up, ready to go. Warmed up, ready to go. I'm telling you this thing about serving God's not slip and slide and, and, you know, just let it go, just little, just, you know, however. No, we got a plan to do something for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Well, let me, let me get on this second point. Not this, I'm talking about the matter of serving. Number one, we got to be fit and ready to serve. Number two, we got to be fixed and steady in service. Not only fit and ready, we got to be fixed and steady. In other words, we've got to stick to it if we're going to serve God. This thing is serving God. You can't do it one day and then miss the next six weeks. Amen. You've got to be faithful. You've got to be fit. You've got to be fixed. You've got to be there. That Greek word. Well, I'll get that in my next one. We've got, to be, we, we've got to be fixed and ready to go. This idea. Well, I'll go and throw it in. That Greek word there deals with, when you talk about attending unto the Lord, it deals, it deals with being, uh, with being, let me get it here. i got it in my notes. Uh, let me find it. Yeah, it deals with an inseparable cleaving, a binding together. Because he's talking about marriage, by the way. Marriage is an inseparable cleaving. Amen. So he's in telling these two people that come together, I believe that's also true about successfully serving the Lord. Amen. There's got to be a, there's got to be a binding and a cleaving together, an inseparable cleaving. Amen. Now again, I go back to that. I know that even in marriage, 
our responsibilities, he's got to go to work. She's got things she's got to attend to. There's things that she can't be right by his side at all times. He can't be right by her side at all times. But you know what we do just as swiftly and as certainly? I mean, there's not a question about it. When he gets off work, what's he going to do? He's going to go home. Amen. He's not going to go hang out in the bars. Amen. He gets off work, he's going to go home. I didn't get enough amens on that. I'll say it again. I'll give you one more chance. I want you here in spirit as well as body. All right, one more chance. He's going to go home. He ain't going to go hang out in the bars. Amen. That's right. Same thing with her. When when she gets the shopping done or when she gets the kids taught in school or whatever, she's, she's going to be there for him. We're coming together. I know there's things we have to do that we're going to be separate. I know that we have to. But it's, it's, there's just a certainty about it. Mom and dad's going to be together. Amen. You know, there's kids today. That when they get on the school bus, they wonder when they get home, will mama still be in love with daddy? They, they, they gotta wonder that. Some of them have heard them say, I don't love you, and I'll just find me another. And listen, those words ought never come out of Christian people's mouths. Amen. Amen. Not, ought never come out of Christian people's mouths. But these kids wonder, are they gonna be fixed and steady? I'm gonna tell you, if you're gonna have a good home, you gotta be fixed and steady. Amen. You gotta be at home when you can. Amen. You gotta do things together when you can. Amen. I'm not saying that she's got to do everything with him. You can't go fishing with the guys or she can't go shopping with the girls. But that shouldn't be the regular, all the time goings on. Amen. And I, I go back talking about the kids. And the kids ain't first. It can't be that he's running junior to the ball team while she's running uh, little Susie to the dance recital. And, all, and and they're going their separate. No, no, no. Amen. I didn't get enough amens on that again. <laughs> That's the truth, though. It's the truth. Got to be fixed and steady. So... I said this thing about husbands and wives, sometimes we have to go, but there's a certainty we're going to come back together. And not only there's a certainty, there's going to be a swiftness about it. Just as soon as we get an opportunity, we're going to come back together. Amen. Same thing's true about serving Jesus. You can't be in church all the time, but there ought to be a certainty you're going to be back when the doors are opened. There, amen. There ought to be a question about it. There's a certainty. There ought to be a fixedness about it. And not just a certainty about it, but a swiftness. Just as soon as I get another chance, I'm going to be at the house of God. Amen. And I could go on and on about this matter about serving. But I'm saying there's got to be a fixed and ready, and there's got to be, or a fit and ready, and a fixed and steady service. Amen. There's not only the matter of serving the Lord, but there's the manner in which to serve the Lord. You see that there also. He said, not only attend unto the Lord, but he said, without Distraction. Without distraction. I've touched it and dealt with it already. So th- this is my final point. And I hope I'm not just repeating it to, to your detriment. I hope we're getting it. But the point is, here he's saying here, even though there are duties that necessarily take our attention away from God, He ought never be far from our thoughts. Amen. Amen. He ought never be far from our thoughts. Though those things are necessary, they ought to only be temporary. Amen. Now, if, if that's how it's going to be, and let me just meddle here a little bit again. Maybe I won't get a lot of amens here. But if God's not going to be far from your thoughts, then pornography can't be in your thoughts. Amen. Dirty jokes, worldliness, foolishness, amen, can't be in your thoughts. because. And, and if matter of fact, if what this is entailing, if we're going to give Him our attention, then we're going to have to get control of our thoughts. We're going to have to cast down every imagination and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of God. Amen. We're going to have to get control of that. Give Him our attention. Amen. You men that were in the military, when they said attention, you knew what it meant. 
You, they had your attention. Amen. I'm telling you, God ought to have our attention. In order to pay attention to something, there's got to be a captivity of our thoughts. Amen. We've got to concentrate. We've got to target on that object or that subject that we're going to give our attention unto. Amen. Second Corinthians 10, 5, where he talks about casting down every imagination, bringing into captivity. He's talking about spiritual warfare. Now listen, the devil does not like us giving our attention to God. Amen. The devil does not like us giving our allegiance to our Lord. And so what he's going to try to do is he's going to try to distract. Amen. He's going to do his best to distract us here or there, one way or another. The devil hates it when we give God our attention. I believe he'll do anything he can to distract our attention or to detour our attention, amen, from the Lord. Now, if the devil can't get us distracted from serving the Lord, he'll try to get us distracted in serving the Lord. While we're serving him, he'll try to give us something else to do. If he can't get us to do evil, he'll get us to do good, but it's not the best, right? He'll get us distracted in one way or another. That's his point that he's trying to do here. And so that's why Paul is saying that we have got to take control of our thoughts. We are responsible. We've got to give our attention unto the Lord. Amen. I believe that's right. So Paul's being led of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit inspired him to write these words. And I believe he's saying, you ought to focus. What's this? Focus. He said, and this I speak for your profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely, and that you may attend upon the Lord without distraction. Amen. Paul was led of the Holy Spirit to say you need to focus on serving Jesus. Now, I wrote down some things that distract us. I'm not going to preach them. I'm just going to throw them out. Sometimes people distract us. You get disappointed in people. I've heard more than one pastor say, you know, if I didn't have any people, I'd be happy pastor in that church. But he wouldn't be. One fellow said, pews don't tithe and they don't come to the altar at the end of a service. They don't pray for the preacher. Amen. You need people. But people can distract you if you're not careful. Sometimes problems distract us. Whether our problem, maybe it's our children's problem. Maybe it's a problem of a loved one. We get distracted. Sometimes pain distracts us. Amen. Physical or spiritual, emotional pain, even financial pain can distract us sometimes from serving God. And then sometimes pride distracts us. We start wondering, did anybody notice that I did that for the Lord? Well, let me ask you a question. If, if you did it for the Lord, don't you think the Lord noticed? Nobody else may not ever say, boy, I thank you for doing whatever it is you did. Amen. I remember Brother Chuck Pruitt goes to Vision still now. And Brother Chuck came there and he's telling me about the former church he came from down in Charlotte. They had several members that smoked in the church. And he said that this one fellow, his job was to, he, he took care of the yards of the church. And he didn't get paid for it, he just did it. And said one, he's noticing cigarette butts all over the place. People throwing their cigarette butts out. And it aggravated him. He got mad about it. And he's, you know, he got to thinking, well, these, these people ought to have more, you know, more respect for the house of God than that. They ought to have more respect for the things of God than that. And all that's true. But he said, he started picking them cigarette butts up and said, he felt like something said to him, well, who are you doing this for? Are you doing this so somebody will brag on you for, y'all got the prettiest churchyard in the country? Or are you doing this so somebody will brag on you for the job you did? Or are you doing this for the Lord? And said he got to singing a little song, I'm picking up cigarette butts for my Lord. I'm picking up cigarette butts for my Lord. And said he got plum happy, just went all around there picking up cigarette butts for the Lord. Amen. Now that's a little bit, it is funny. It's a little bit extravagant, maybe to a degree, but it's, it makes a point. Sometimes pride distracts us because nobody notices. No, somebody did notice. And here's the point. I talk about, let's be careful. We don't get distracted. 
I'm glad I've got a God that has never been distracted. Amen. He's a righteous judge. <laughs> Amen. One of these days, and he's kept a good record. One of these days, he's going to give out the rewards. He's going to hand out the trophies. Amen. He's going to give the attaboys or whatever you want to say. He's going to give out those trophies. He's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou's been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. Amen. So Paul warns us that we've got to guard ourselves against getting distracted. And that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. As that concludes another week of radio broadcasting, we do hope you have a great weekend. I hope you'll be in the house of God on the Lord's Day. And I'd love to take this opportunity to invite you to come and be with us here at the Island Ford Baptist Church, located at 1415 Island Ford Road here in Madisonville, Kentucky. Our Sunday morning service, Sunday school starts up at 1015 a.m., and then the preaching time at 11.05 a.m. as well. Sunday evening service is at 6.30 p.m. Love to have you come and be part of those with us. Hope you'll tune in this same time every Monday through Friday for another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. Until then, this is Pastor Farrell Shepherd saying good day and God bless you.